Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, Dark Angel. The starring players... This is Ronald Coleman. This is Merle Oberon. This is Donald Crisp. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in one of the most beautiful love stories the screen has ever known. It is a radio adaptation of the Samuel Goldwyn picture, Dark Angel, and it stars Merle Oberon as Kitty Vane, Ronald Coleman as Alan Trent, and Donald Crisp as Sir George Barton. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Dark Angel. was in the last war, and then as now, men fought and suffered, and lived in the hope of going home. And now, after almost a year in the mud of France, Alan Trent has come home, home to the lovely English country house where he was raised, home to his childhood sweetheart, Kitty Vane. Ah, Kitty, Kitty, if you knew what it means to see you, to talk to you, if you knew how frightened I've been. Frightened? You frightened, Alan? Yes, frightened. Frightened of coming home, of finding that you had changed, that you didn't feel the things I wanted you to feel. Frightened now of saying what I want. Alan. Or maybe I can't say it all. Maybe I can't say any part of it. I'm scared, Kitty. Kitty, I've so much love for you. I... It's like something you've saved up for a lifetime, and then it all comes at once. Alan. Alan, I wanted to hear that so badly. Oh, but you must have known. I wasn't sure. I said to myself, I've always been around. Perhaps he's just used to me. Perhaps he'll meet some other girl. Oh, Kitty, if you weren't here, I'd stop living. I'd stop breathing. I'd stop wanting to breathe. Don't ever go away. I won't, ever. I promise. Alan, we ought to tell your mother. What should we tell her? That we're going to be married. Day after tomorrow? Tomorrow. Why, you shameless <laughs> hussy. <laughs> Alan, dear. Mother, we were just coming into... What is it? What's wrong? They just phoned a telegram from the village. The war office, Alan. The war office? Not my leave. It hasn't been cancelled. I'm afraid you'll have to go tonight. You're to sail from Folkestone in the morning. Whom else could we ask, sir? You're our vicar. If you'd just marry us tonight, before I go... Alan, I've tried to explain to you. There must be some way. You've known us all our lives. And no two I'd rather see joined in marriage. 
Even two hours ago, it might have been possible. Now it's too late. Too late? I'm sorry. I have an evening service. Alan, I wish there was something I could do. Well, thank you anyway, sir. God bless you both. Good night. After all these years, Kitty, we're two hours late. Two hours that may change our lives. No, they won't change our lives. Alan, I'm coming to Folkestone with you. Well, darling, you can't. Why not? Well, if we belong to each other. I marry you, Alan Trent, in front of a church. And I marry you, Kitty Vane, for always, until the day I die. Not half a bad room to start our married life, is it? Is it, darling? Well, Kitty. I, I'm sorry. I was listening to the guns. Oh, they're far away, Kitty. Across the channel. Don't hear them. They'll stop. All those things going by. Down there in the street. They aren't far away. Oh, it takes a lot to run a war. Motor lorries, horses, tanks. And men. Thousands and thousands of men. And in a little while, you'll be one of them. You'll be gone with the rest of them. You'll be... Stop it. Oh, listen, darling. They're going. I'm going. There's nothing to be done about it. We must face the truth, Kitty. All we have is tonight. One night to live a whole life together. So we'll have to pretend. We're married, you see. We've been married quite long, and we're having dinner with our family. Yes. With our family. Now, would you like another glass of Sauterne, my dear? Please. Uh, tell me, uh, do you think uh, Mimi is old enough for some wine? Mimi? Uh, that's our youngest, don't you remember? She's right there at the foot of the table. <laughs> Children, Agatha, Bertram, Harold, Mimi, this is a very special occasion. Your parents' 25th wedding anniversary. 15th. Uh, please, my dear. Uh, children, uh, 25 years ago, your mother was a lovely sight. The most beautiful girl I ever saw. And your father, children? Uh, Kitty, uh, can't you do something with Mimi? She just bit little Harold on the arm. <laughs> Mimi, behave yourself. Now, children, as I was saying, your father was the finest, dearest, kindest... Your father loved your mother as no one ever loved before. Your mother loved your father since the world began. Since before time. Since... Since... Five o'clock. Time to shove off. I'll get my wrap. Oh, no, no, please. Don't come. It would only make it more difficult. Just sit right here and close your eyes. That's it. That's a good girl, Kitty. That's a brave girl. I love you. I will always love you. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye, Alan. Goodbye, my love. Another letter today. Oh, such a wonderful letter. Aren't all of Alan's letters wonderful? Oh, but this is very special, you see. 
He thinks he'll get another leave just as soon as they... As soon as they what? Kitty! It's... It's nothing. Only... Just then I felt such a sharp pain. And it's silly, isn't it? I thought I heard the guns. Remember, men? We're a small patrol. It's dark. Jerry's can't see us if we hug the ground. Yes, sir. Uh, single file. Ten, twenty feet apart. I'll take the lead. All right, come on, let's go. Captain, sir. There's a big one coming over. Look out, sir. You all right, sir? Captain. Captain. Captain Trent. I won't believe it. I won't. But if he hasn't written for a month, maybe he's busy. Maybe he's had no chance to write. Two months. That's not so long. Maybe his letters have just gone astray. Anything could happen in a war. Three months. What if it's true? Four months. What if it's true? Six months. Six months. Oh, Alan. Alan, I loved you so much. That's it, sir. That's fine, fine. Just keep the cane out in front of it. That's fine. You're making real progress, sir. And you've only been here five months. Is that how long it's been? Five months? Didn't you know, sir? I'm afraid I lost track. The dead don't have much use for time. Ah, oh, now, really, sir. That ain't no proper way to talk. Sir George is doing wonders with you men. A regular miracle worker he is. Can he give me back my sight? Ah, uh, I know, sir. You're on the bitter side right now, but that'll pass. You mark my word. Wait and see how you feel six months from now. You sent for me, Sir George? Yes, Crane, I did. Mills has been telling me you want to leave. Oh, I've been here long enough, don't you think? Mm, a year next week. I'm afraid our training school hasn't helped you very much. Oh, if that's true, it's my fault, sir, not yours. You've been finding something within yourself, haven't you? And you don't want to talk about it? Well, then, the rest is just routine. I'm assigning Mills to you as an orderly. I'd rather not. Those are rules, Crane. He'll take you to your home and get you settled and... I'm not going home. I have no home. And your name isn't Roger Crane, is it? It's as good a name as any other. Your card says that when you were picked up, all means of identification had been destroyed. And later, you gave your name as Roger Crane. I could have checked that, you know. I know. I've been grateful you didn't. As a matter of fact, I even had a clue. It was among your personal things. A picture. A picture? The picture of a very pretty young girl. And across the bottom was written, Come back to Kitty. Why aren't you going back to her? Because I'm blind. Because I won't be pitied. 
So Because I won't let myself be a nuisance. That's been your fight. Well, all right. Then fight it through. Go home. Do it for me. Help me to prove to myself that my work hasn't failed. That you can go back to your friends and live among them like an ordinary man. You think I could? Yes, Crane, I do. I've wanted to. Every hour, every day. It's still early morning. The sun is out. Before it goes down, you can be home. Before it goes down, I can be home. Yes, it's true. Think of it. Before it goes down, I'll be... I'll be home. I'll be home. I think we're coming into Medford now, sir. Yes, that, that, that's the whistle for the crossing, just outside the village. Uh, it won't be any time at all now, Mills. Our place is just 15 minutes from the station. Oh, 20 perhaps in that dilapidated old cab. A cab, sir? Won't there be anyone there to meet you? Oh, I know. I, I didn't tell him I was coming. Uh, I decided it all so suddenly. Well, y you won't mind me mentioning it, sir, but, uh, well, I mean, if, a, if they don't know, uh, uh, mightn't it be a bit of a shock to them, sir? Huh? A shock? Oh, I, I'm sorry, sir. I, I'd better be getting the luggage out. I'll be back in a minute, sir. A shock? Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Even if she's brave, even if she tries to smile. Take my hand, Alan. I'll help you, dear. I'll always help you. That's him. He's blind. It's the girl I'm sorry for. Having to help him day in, day out. Well, why didn't he stay away? He loves her, he says. Take my hand, darling. I'll help you. I'll help you. Help me? Help me? Did you call, sir? Oh, sorry, Mills, I... I... I'll get the rest of this luggage, then. No. I think you'd better leave it here. But we're just pulling in to Medford, sir. It doesn't matter. We're not getting off. Esther has presented Act One of Dark Angel, starring Donald Crisp, Merle Oberon, and Ronald Coleman. In just a moment, we will hear the Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Act Two. But first, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. Deep in every woman's heart is the belief that she could be more fascinating if only she put her mind to it. Don't you think that's true? A woman can make herself look more fascinating. And the way to start is with the face, which is your subject, you and frame it as you would frame a lovely painting. Now, the very first step, perhaps the most important step of all, is to find a truly flattering face powder. By that I mean not just a covering to hide the shine, not just a lifeless film or coating on the skin, but a face powder that gives your skin a youthful radiance of its own. So many women have written me <clears throat> that just changing to Lady Esther face powder has made a thrilling change in their appearance. They say my powder does wonderful things for the appearance of their skin. Helps to make it look softer, smoother, and more youthful. They say it gives their skin a certain clean, fresh look that everyone admires. Well, there's a very good reason why my powder is so unusually flattering. You see, Lady Esther face powder isn't just mixed, just sifted, the way ordinary powder is made. 
my powder then goes through the patented and exclusive Lady Esther twin hurricane process. The tiny particles of color and powder are blown together with the force of hurricanes until they're perfectly blended into a delicate film of beauty for your skin. Try Lady Esther face powder and see how much smoother it is than ordinary powder, how it helps hide little lines and blemishes. See how deep and lovely the shades are. How Lady Esther face powder adds instant new beauty and interest to the appearance of your skin. It's two years later now, and Alan Trent, or as he now prefers to call himself, Roger Crane, is living in a little cottage in the country with Mills, his orderly. Now, them are roses, sir. Real roses. Every petal turned like a lip for a kiss. <laughs> you know, Mills, sometimes you come dangerously close to being a poet. Oh, why, only this morning Tim Whiteley was by. Ed Gardner for Sir Gerald Morden, he is. And he dropped me a compliment on the roses he did. Did he? Oh, my word, sir. And I told him I wasn't the one who deserved it. I said Mr. Crane did it all himself, he did. Really, sir, it's plain remarkable how you get about. In the garden, in the house. Uh, I mean, considering that... Uh, uh, well, I mean... it. Uh, you mean uh, I can't see, Mills, hmm? Now, Mills, would you believe I see some things better than you do? Every bush in the garden, every chair in the house, every ashtray, every door... Even the telephone. Hello. Hello, Roger. Is that you? Well, Sir George, how are you? Oh, Where are you? In London. I've been wondering about you. Haven't heard from you in weeks. Oh, I've been busy, that's all. My roses, you know. Look, Roger, I'm a bit on the tired side. Thought I'd get away for a day or so. Could you stand a guest? When can you come? The late afternoon train. We'll be looking for you. It'll be wonderful to see you again, Sir George. dinner, a warm fire and brandy Napoleon 1815. Ah, it was good of you to bring it, Sir George. May I pour you a spot? Please. You know, when I was a kid, I used to think Napoleon made this himself. Spent that whole year making brandy. There you are. Thanks. I never could understand how he had time for Waterloo with all that brandy making going on. Ah, how is it? Not bad. Not bad? Well, what's the matter with you? Roger, I may as well say it. I want to get something off my chest. Yes? That time you left the training school, you remember a certain picture? Yes. I know her name now. Kitty Vane. Yes, that's right. Kitty Vane. I didn't pry. Her picture's been in all the magazines. She's made quite a name for herself, riding to hounds. Has she? As a matter of fact, there's a picture in this week's Tatler, right here on the table. She's to be a guest of Sir Gerald Mordaunt. Sir Gerald? Not two miles down this very road. Yes, I know. Sometimes his gardener drops by to envy our roses. Alan, are you quite satisfied here with your roses? Oh, yes. Yes, quite satisfied, Sir George. I see. Uh, by the way, uh, when is she riding with Sir Gerald? This weekend, I believe it said. She's there now. Yes. Well, 
Good night, old man. Good night, Sir George. So near. So terribly near. Oh, Kitty, it could have been so different. So very different. Hello, darling. I'm home. Kitty, dear, you're so late. Now, don't scold me. I know I'm late. I met the vicar, and you know how hard it is to get away from him. I brought a sirloin home for dinner. I'd better go and give it to Cook. No, no, don't go. Oh, but darling, the sirloin... Now, now, which is more important, me or the sirloin? Well, you, I imagine. Your hair's all blown about and your cheeks are flushed and your nose is cold. And you look beautiful. I look like an idiot. And so do you. (laughs) The way people always look when they love each other too much. Uh, Kitty. 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 What is it, Roger? Anything wrong? No, I... I must have dozed off a bit. I'm afraid I knocked the fire screen over. It's strange. I could have sworn I heard you call Kitty. Did I? Roger, you're sure you're right with yourself? I thought I was. Now I'm not sure. Maybe I've lied to myself. Maybe I just pretended I had a life. Maybe I told myself I was happy. Roger. I always knew sometimes she'd be close by me like this. I should have put a thousand miles between us. I knew that, but I didn't have the guts. Now I've found myself out, the work of all these years, thrown away. Isn't there something I can do? Not a thing, I'm afraid. Sorry I let go like this, old man. You, you better go up and get some sleep. Good night, then. Good night. Sir George. Yes, Mills. Is he all right, sir? He seems to think so. Look here, Mills. Is there another telephone in the house? In the kitchen, sir. An extension. Then be a good fellow and put a call through for me, will you? A trunk call, sir? No. Sir Gerald Morden's place. I want to talk to Miss Kitty Vane. Sir George, you mean to say that on your own authority, without even asking me, you... I'm sorry, Roger. I knew that it was right and that it had to be done. I had to see you get this thing straight. Now, please understand. Did you tell her I was blind? No, just that you were here. Is she coming alone? I think so. She didn't say. She ought to be here any minute now. I'll go to my room. You want to be alone, aren't you? I won't be tricked like this. I won't. Mills! Mills! Yes, sir. I'm here, sir. Mills. Is the room as it usually is? Oh, yes, sir. Quite the same, I'd say. Ah, it's got to be absolutely the same. Now have a good look. Uh, my pipe. Matches. Cigarettes on the table? Yes, sir. Everything in its place, sir. Ah. Uh, what, what's in that big flower bowl tonight? Uh, the usual thing, sir. Yellow rose, tea roses. Good. Thanks, that's all. Uh, no, wait. Uh, where's this week's tattler? Right here, sir, by the lamp. All right. What? There's someone stopping here, I believe. Looks like a lady, sir. Yes. A very pretty lady. All right, Mills. Show her in. Right, sir. In there, ma'am. In the study. Thank you. Alan. Alan, darling. Hello, Kitty. Come in. Come in. It's really, really you. I always knew somewhere, sometime... That uh, we two would meet again... Yes, I, I think I always knew it, too. Alan. It's good to see you, Kitty. Sit down. Here. Uh, this chair's the most comfortable, I think. 
Uh, cigarettes are right there, and you'll have some coffee, won't you? Alan, you've so much to tell me. Oh, that's a long story. First, I want to hear about you. Uh, you'll take uh, sugar and cream, of course. If I remember correctly, you... Alan, where have you been? Where? Oh, I've been here. Been trying to write a bit. Not very good at it, though. I'm afraid I, I spend too much time in the garden. Those are my roses. I'm terribly proud of them. Alan, what is it? What is what? After all this time, after thinking you dead, after all this time, I come here and find you. And you talk of roses. What is it, Alan? Tell me, darling. There's very little to, to tell. No, you've suffered. Something's hurt you. Why don't you tell me? Alan, Alan, why didn't you come home? It's hard to tell you, Kitty. The, the war, the war did something to me. I've changed. Changed? Oh, I don't know. When I came out, I, I wanted to be alone for a while. Start all over. Build a new life. I always meant to come back someday, but... Oh, I liked it here, and... <laughs> well, I just didn't come back. You mean you found... You found you'd stopped loving me? That was it, Alan? I love you, Kitty. I... I loved you then, but... But in a different way, I suppose. I... I... I didn't have the... Courage to tell you. I see. I understand. I loved you then. I love you now as much. I love you with all my heart. I've never loved anyone else. I never will again. Goodbye, Alan. Won't you even shake my hand? Your... Your hand? I've been holding it here. I... Alan. Look at me. What color dress am I wearing? Please, please go, please. So that was why. And I was so stupid, I couldn't see. I was the one who couldn't see. No, Kitty, no. You love me, you do. You love me still. Kitty, think what it means. It I... means life again. I've been dead. Oh, dearest, how could you know me so little? Kitty, listen to me. No, I won't. I, I won't. You made me promise once never to go away. I never shall. Never. I'll be with you always. Always. Oh, Kitty, if, if you knew how I've dreamed about this. To hear your voice. To have my arms around you again. Darling. Darling, you're crying. I know. And it's no time to cry. I won't. If you kiss me. Well, then just... Just to kiss the tears away. Forever. Forever. Mr. Coleman and Mr. Chris for bringing us the story of Dark Angel. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players are grateful indeed that you could be our guests tonight. And now, before we tell you about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. You just can't use Lady Esther face powder without looking younger, lovelier, more exciting. Now, I'm not saying this. Thousands of women are saying it. 
Women all over the country who've listened to me just as you're listening now and decided to try my powder and see for themselves if it really is so different from ordinary powder, so much more flattering. Well, they'll let us say that they convinced themselves. So many of them took the trouble to sit down and write me nice long letters and tell me all about the wonderful things my powder does for the appearance of the skin. Yes, every day women are discovering that Lady Esther face powder, made a new way by my patented twin hurricane method, is a delightfully new and different kind of face powder. Not only is the texture softer and smoother by far than the texture of ordinary powder, not only does it cling longer and keep the skin looking cool and fresh in hot weather, but even the shades are deeper toned and more lively, shades that add extra glamour and excitement to your summer skin. So why don't you, too, try Lady Esther face powder? There's no better judge in the whole world than your own eyes. And unless you're very different from thousands of others, I'm sure that what you see in your mirror will convince you that Lady Esther face powder is the most flattering powder you've ever used. Lady Esther, next week will present that delightful comedy with music priorities on parade. It will star Betty Rhodes, Jerry Colonna, Vera Vague, and Bob Crosby. Be sure to listen. Ronald Coleman appeared through the courtesy of the sponsors of his program, the Electric Auto Light Company. Merle Oberon can soon be seen co-starring with Paul Muni in the Columbia picture, The Love of Madame Sand. Donald Crisp is soon to be seen in Metro-Golden-Mayer's Technicolor picture, National Velvet. Truman Bradley saying goodnight for Lady Esther. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>